Let's get the zinger in here. Hey, Trey. Nope. Oh, awkward. Get rid of it. I did. I don't want to see you until you get a haircut. No video. I don't want to see me no video either. in here. <laughs> Kyle, turn that turn that mic down just a touch more. How's that? Better, yeah. I don't want you getting all excited and distorting out. Kyle, just a, a touch more. Perhaps mute it if needed. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um. Uh, no, no cold open. Do we have any any banter to start with, or are we just getting getting our guests on here? Uh, no, I think just get. He's got a tight schedule, so let's just get him on. That's true. That's true. No, no, no banter this week, folks. We're sorry. No. All right, I'm calling him in, folks. Yeah, folks. Oh man, you see, LeBron rolled his ankle and nothing happened. Yeah, I heard he uh, rubbed some Robitussin on it, kept it moving. One of these days. He just tightened up his shoelaces. And that's it. He just slapped it one time a little bit hard, and then he was able to keep going. Actually, injuries don't exist if you're very much woke. That's a weird line for Zach to walk in on. Uh, I don't believe in injuries. Oh, you're, you're a big cold open guy, huh? Big cold open guy. Oh, good. <laughs> no injuries. Cold <laughs> opens always. You've come yeah. to the right podcast. We're talking about how LeBron just doesn't get hurt, how he just... Rub some Robitussin on his ankle and kept it moving after it collapsed. Or he picked an injury. Ooh. Ooh. Conspiracy theory. I like it. A little free timeout. The NFL guys adapted to that. Yeah. Shout out to them. Shout out to them. All right, Kyle, you want to get this train rolling? Uh, hell yeah. So, welcome to another rousing installment of the TKW Podcast. I'm your host tonight. I'm Kyle Maggio. I'm with my uh, associates, Anthony Corbo. You're stealing, on, you are, you're stealing my adjectives to begin the show with. I, I steal things that are good from people. Mm. Um, I'm also with the Trey Zingas. Yeah. What's going on, buddy? And uh, with the one and the only Zach Harper. What's going on, buddy? There is another Zach Harper out there. I don't uh, want to believe that. So he sure back tall when, hoops. Back when I started, back when I started uh, writing, I was like, "Oh, people set up Google alerts about themselves to see like who's you know talked about what they've written." So I did that, and I kept getting Google alerts for like some wrestler in Iowa or something like that. So, <laughs> oh God, Kyle can, we, Kyle, can we talk about what happened today with me and finding out there's which, another Anthony Corbo which out thing? there? Ah, uh, all right. So, so sort of on yeah, sort of on this uh, name game note. We, I was working on some work stuff, uh, a spreadsheet, if you will, and I was supposed to send it to Anthony yesterday. And I was trying to leave work. This was right as I was leaving, and I forgot what his email was. So I started rapid firing to what I thought it was. So I sent it to like his email. You, I won't say it. Yeah, redacted. You left off the one in there. Yeah. You left out a, a number. I left off one and a middle. Yeah, yeah, the letter. Middle initial. So today, 
today at my bank job, I got two angry phone calls from uh, people who were actually named Anthony Corbo. One was an attorney and one was not. <laughs> and uh, they were not pleased. They're like, yeah, we got this email, which I titled really vaguely work stuff. So it would get through my uh, work email filter. <laughs> and and uh, they're just like, it, it had no body, no subject. It just said work stuff. I don't know what you think this is, but this is an attorney's office. Da, 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 da. So uh, that was that was an ordeal. That was something. Um, Anthony ended up emailing them and apologizing. I haven't but, yet, uh, but I think I'm just going to say better call Saul. Let's just, let's just ignore him. Let's just pretend it didn't happen. Um, but anyway, so uh, we have uh, a lighter note to head into with Nick's business anyway, because they are somehow, uh, just as everyone predicted, through 11 games over five. Uh, well, they're over 500. They're six and five. They lost to the um, the Magic the other night without Chris Stapps. But um, Zach, what do you think about the early success of this team? And how long do you think they'll stay over 500? Because my guess is not long, despite Chris Stapps' uh, torrid stretch here. Yeah, it's been refreshing because usually you just go into a Knicks season thinking like, well, this is going to suck, right? Like they're not even fun. And I, and I don't. Uh, I don't, I'm not one of those people who's like, yeah, I'm glad when the Knicks are down. Like, I actually want the big market teams to be up. I want the Lakers to be good. I want the Bulls to be good. I want the the Knicks to be good. Uh, no one cares about the Nets or Clippers, but the other <laughs> big market teams, like we, like I want them to be good because the league is just in a better place um, when those big markets are, you know, influencing everything. Um, and so I get bummed every year when the Knicks suck, and it's and it's frustrating. But the way Chris Tapps has played and I honestly don't even think it matters that they're that they're winning games right now. It's just that Chris Tapps has been that good. The winning is like a nice little like, you know, icing on the cake for it. But with the way he's playing and with the way they're playing overall, it's been a lot of fun. And, you know, their schedule gets a little tough coming up. But I would say that they'll probably stop being a winning team uh, for sure when Noah's back. Mm. Oh, oh, yeah, that's I think we can all agree. So we what is that like, not, like nine more games? No, we have till Sunday. Ooh. No, because I think I think he's only missing eight games this season. I think he missed the last two last oh, year. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he did. If I'm not mistaken, and then he only had to miss. Um, I, I I don't know actually. Yeah, I think he just missed eight because I think he was injured. Uh, they wrote him off as injured for a couple of them. But anyway, he's coming back um, within the next week or so. So that's gonna end abruptly. Joking, um, Noah getting the... written off as injured is gonna be just our reality for the next two years after this season too. It was also a fun season while it lasted. Years. Yeah, it's it's uh you know Joakim Noah is a fun personality. It's it's a shame that he's no longer good, uh, but he is real detrimental. Yes. Yeah, that that's you know that's what bothers me too is because there's always that confliction when you like a guy as a person, and like when I I went to Nick's media day this year and hearing him talk about you know um, issues that we have in the country, which he's been very open about. And he's talking about, you know, gun control and, you know, just things that he'd want to change to try to better the country. And you hear things that he says and you tell that he cares a lot. And you can tell deep down he's a really good guy. I mean, we know this with his charity work and a lot of things that he's done in Chicago. But um, you want to root for a guy like that. And then it's like it's tough when you just can't because, you know, he's just really bad and he's just broken down at this point. You know, it's just not it's just not there. And it's unfortunate you want to root for the guy. You hope he does well. But. It's 
I don't know. It's I apologize. It's, it I feel like I, I feel like I shit all over your good feelings going into this podcast where you were like, "Hey, the Knicks are fun. Like, let's talk about this." And I just brought up Noah. And you I, can't I, bring I, me no. You can't bring me down because I'm going to counter your Noah with a Frank Nealakina, which has been. I'm going to say not an early surprise, but I'm going to say an early surprise in the sense that just like we thought the Knicks season was going to be terrible, everybody assumed the worst for Frank Nealakina, despite having like nothing to go off of for him. My only expectation for him was for this season. All I wanted was KP to ball out, which big check there so far. I didn't care if they won or not, but KP to ball out and Frank to just simply not suck. So far, so good. I think, and everyone wrote him off like real early too. Like I'm, I'm just really happy that all this like Dennis Smith Jr. is better talk has calmed down. Because, like, now that he's tr- starting to struggle a little bit and Frank is starting to show some success, like, we realize that it's, it was a little early to start judging these kids. And kid he is at 19 years old, but... Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to get buck wild on it. Yeah. I'm saying he's, like, better than Dennis Smith Jr. And, and anything yet until he starts, you know, scoring, like, 10 points consistently in a game. And then we can maybe have the discussion. Because right. right now, he's shown a lot defensively. He's, he's shown some really good passing ability. He steals everything. Um, I mean, Zach, what were your, I don't know if you had expectations for Frankie, if if you were high on it, low on it at draft time. And what do you feel about him from what you've seen so far? I like him. I, I mean, I liked him at draft time. It, it's like, there are five good point guards at, you know, the top 10 of this draft. And, and I like all five guys. Like, I think they're all, I think they all can play. I think they'll all be starters in the league. And, um, and Frank has actually played the opposite of how I thought he would because he's he's always been kind of like a scorer and a guy who hits jumpers and a guy who hits jumpers off the dribble. And he can't hit anything right now, but he's distributing really well, which he wasn't really known for overseas. Like in, in his biggest criticism, at least as a draft prospect, was like, we've seen this guy execute pick and rolls. And unless he's trying to score the ball, like he's not very good in them. Whereas in the NBA so far, like he's just making smart passes and making smart reads and setting guys up and. And so that's been I'm not surprised that he that he's played well. And, and I'm I'm also not surprised that he was written off after like a game and a half where people's like, oh, see, he sucks. Like, because that's just <laughs> the stupid <laughs> thing we do now. Um, yeah. Like, but uh, but I but I am surprised that he's he's being effective in the way he's being effective. Did you expect him to be as good of a defender as he is now? Or did you think that was going to be a little bit overblown going in? Um, I no, I, I expect all rookies to suck on defense. So anyone who like shows any kind of resistance and can use you know wingspan to to cut things off or deflect passes or whatever, any anyone who does that in their first year, I'm like, oh, that's a bonus. That's that's fine because rookies are usually pretty stupid on defense. Now I, I'm going to bring up something, and you have to let me finish the point because immediately I think everybody's going to be like, well, no, hold the fuck on. Are there some parallels between Chris Stapps early in his rookie campaign and Frank in the sense that? Uh, KP kind of had the same parallels in the sense that he was supposed to be an offensive guy. He was a good shooter overseas. Like that was what they touted him for was he's able to knock it down, good range. And then KP actually came in and struggled offensively. He was very inefficient. He wasn't hitting from a good clip almost anywhere, especially not from three. And then he showed sort of this good defensive prowess, at least around the rim, because perimeter we've shown, you know, we, we see that he's kind of stiff and, he can get beat by some quicker wings, of course. But um, the same kind of thing about Frankie was I heard, you know, this, you know, he's more of an offensive player and 
he can be a capable defender if he uses his length. And then we, I've sort of seen that twice now. You know, KP came in and he was struggling on offense, but was able to use his body around the rim for some good blocks and what have you. But Frank's doing the same thing. He's not really doing a whole lot on offense. And when he tries, he seems like he's forcing it. But most of the, the last five or six games, you know, from all the film and all the games that we've been watching, he's just sort of using his length to, you know, blow screens up and just blow a couple of plays up. And that's sort of been a pleasant surprise because, you know, he was touted one way and we're getting another. I, I don't see it. <laughs> no, I, I get your point. Like, I, I think that there are a lot of – the difference to me is, like, he's doing it against a lot of second unit guys, right? Yeah, and it's and it's, e- and it's just easier to do that. With Chris Daps, like, he's play, he was playing against starters, and he's playing against, like, you know, maybe the toughest position to play against in the NBA, which is, the, the you know, the stretch four at this point. And so him having to defend that plus being able to defend at the rim and everything is just much harder than – Frank like just had like as long as he can get through a screen and he doesn't die on screens like you can you can be effective on the perimeter against second units. So that's that's the only difference that I would see. Okay. So kind of while we're on the topic of Kristaps, um I what do you guys make of this injury he has today? What do you guys know the ex- exact diagnosis he got? I just remember them saying it was a contusion. Yeah, they it's said like an he elbow had... contusion on his uh, on his shooting arm. So that's not great. I'm already hearing that he might need um, a procedure after the season is done. Um, I'm trying to find the exact title with it, but I guess Zach, since you have more of a perspective on these kinds of things, would you think that this is anything to uh, to be concerned about, or is he just starting to feel some of the wear and tear of coming out of the gate so hot? Yeah, I think he's just he's he seems to play more physical right now to me than he has in the past. And not that he was like soft or anything, because we've seen him like crashing the boards and tip dunking on everybody. And, you know, we've seen we've seen that a lot from him. But he's just as a number one guy, you just you end up dealing with way more physicality on a night to night basis. And he probably just got banged up. And I, if anything, the fact that they're not trying to get him to play through it and he's you know being smart about it and arresting him. Like it, if the Knicks end up missing the playoffs this year because he missed a few games, like well, they still had a great season because you were in that position to make the playoffs mm-hmm. and a couple and a few missed games kept you from it because Chris Depp sat out. Like that's, that's a lot of progress for this team and, and a lot higher expectation or a lot higher than what their preseason expectations are. So I think that you're just looking for growth from him and you're just looking for growth as a team. And so if, if they're being smart about it, like don't risk screwing up his future for, for a game in November. Right. Like you can't that's the whole thing of like you can't win a championship in November, but you can lose one by with stuff like that. Not that this has happened to the Knicks in terms of championships, but like <laughs> you're not going to make his career in November right now. You you could end up screwing it up if he's trying to play through injuries that probably just need a little bit of rest. Right. He's saying he, this is quote is that when I hit it again, it just swells up and it's sensitive. I can't stretch my arm. Um didn't, I, didn't Blake Griffin have something like that? Like I remember, like this weird lump on Blake Griffin's elbow that he ended up, I think, getting operated on. Wasn't that three years ago? Yeah, something like that. It it He's, wasn't the last, you know, knockout injury that Blake had, but I, I think it was, I think it was like two or three years ago because he's like him and CP3 alternated missing right. the playoffs. So I think it was his turn um, three years ago, if that, I recall that correctly. That makes me feel a little bit better then. Because I, I think Blake's doing all right. Um, I mean, I think maybe I don't want to overreact yet either because I don't know that this was a chronic thing coming into the year. I know that he had Eurobasket and then he's been, you know, 
he has a lot of usage so far over the first 10 games and probably doesn't help that Dwight Howard was trying to toss him around like a rag doll the other night and say what you want <laughs> say what you want about Dwight Howard and where he's at in his career at this moment in time but that guy is a lot of things and he's also very very strong so and fuck Dwight Howard for that the other night but moving on <laughs> he got he got some shots in dude it was brutal all right, so um, now we're going to try to blend a little bit of both worlds here. Zach, you are a very, very large Timberwolves fan, and you have a large adult son who plays for the Timberwolves by the name of Carl Anthony Towns. Yes. So there is a lot of overreacting early talk now where KP gets thrown against the inevitable, which is Carl Anthony Towns, who was the best player in that draft. He still is the best player from that draft at this moment in time in mine and I think most people's opinions. But nevertheless, when KP has a stretch like this, these things get discussed. So I guess the best way to phrase the question is that I would like to recognize that there's still a gap. But how has KP done to close the gap, in your opinion? Well, I think you see that, like, I've been very high on, on KP since, like, the first week of his rookie year. Like, you could just tell this guy was good, right? Like, you, you could just tell right away, like, this guy's not going to bust out. He or he's not going to be a bust. He's going to be fine, um, and he'll probably be pretty good. But then they, with all the all the shit he had to deal with his first couple of years in terms of just the organization and the mellow stuff, and you know Derrick Rose on the team and all this stuff, you didn't really know what to expect from him once it started becoming his team because uh, he was never really given that opportunity, and you and you just never know with that stuff. But if anything, like he's kind of he's kind of broken out in a similar way that when James Harden went to the Rockets, where it was like. You knew this guy was good, but you wanted to see it on a on a number one level and, and see if if you know he could expand on that. And immediately Chris Tapps has expanded on that. So there's no longer even though and some people would say it's only been you know eleven games or whatever. Great. So we don't have to wait four months, five months to then see like, oh, the, those eleven games stood up, stood out. Like you know, they they held up. We're gonna he's gonna be fine after all. Like you can just tell this guy's this guy's that good. So as a number one player, we now know that he can he can fill this role and he will fill this role moving forward. So then it's you know how does he braid out against other number one players? Um, I still think Carl's better and I still think Carl has a much more well rounded game and and Carl's um, you know a, a a better shooter uh, or, or I would say he's been a more consistent shooter um, through his you know his first two years in a in a week or two years in two weeks or whatever it's been than Chris Tapps mm-hmm. has been, but like I. A month ago, if you'd said, hey, I think Chris Stapps is going to end up being better than Carl Anthony Towns, I would have laughed at you. Now I'm like, I don't agree, but I'm not – it's not laughable by any means. Like he's he's shown that he can – he's a he's a better defender than Carl is right now because Carl really regressed last year. And he's, and he's having to – you know, fi- he's having to figure stuff out in the system. Um, but in terms of like just that two-way player or that being able to be a, an influence on offense, like he's – I mean – Shit, he's he's really good in it. Like, you know, I'd like him to rebound a little bit better, and I'd like him to be, yeah, a, you know, a playmaker. Um, but I, I, those are those are kind of nitpicky, right? Like when the when guys like when guys blocking two two to three shots a game and not just doing it like in a Darko Milicic manner. Like he's actually a good defender. He's actually doing a good job on defense. And I agree about like the stuff on the stuff on the perimeter. He is a little stiff, and he and he's going to get exposed a little bit. But when he can still recover to the paint and and affect shots and block shots and and get guys to miss, um, you know, you'll take that plus thirty points a game on on really good <laughs> shooting. So, 
Yeah, like I mean, I you know, Carl's Carl's still the guy in that respect for me. Um, and that's not and that's not even me being being biased because if you told me Joel Embiid was going to be healthy for the rest of his career, I'd take Joel Embiid over over everybody right now because uh, I just think he's he's the most talented out of anyone. Um, but but in terms of Porzingis, like matchup with with Towns, like yeah, he's I mean he's not right there, but he, you can see like a year from now being like, hey, this is a legitimate debate. Man, that would be a great debate to keep having. I like. I would even wonder if they would look good next to each other. Like how well they might complement each other. Like, yeah, I'm. I'm. Ex- I'm excited just like for this conversation to carry on for like quite a few more years because it gives. I mean, it gives the Knicks and Timberwolves like two just poorly managed, poorly thought of teams for the last you know decade or so. You know, something to something for fans to get excited about. Something for the rest of the team, to, the league to get excited about. They could be your uh, league pass teams or whatever you want to say, but um, yeah, no, I, I I just think it's awesome. I just, unfortunately for you, Zach, I want Carl Anthony Towns to come home. I want him to come back to the New York area. Yeah, if if only they're yeah. gonna they're gonna put a team back in New Jersey. <laughs> Is that what they're doing? <laughs> well, the close the closest thing to home, closest thing to home. Yeah, yeah. I don't. He, I'm still. I'm so mad you guys got Jimmy. I really, I feel like that's going to really pull it together this year. God, Chicago's just stupid. I mean, they got a good, like, I think Zach Levine's good, <laughs> and, and they got they got Markin in, and, he, and he's he's awesome. Like, he's already really he looks good. incredible. Yeah, like, every, and I'm not saying, like, he should be thought of as, like, higher than Ben Simmons right now or whatever, because Ben Simmons has been great, too. But, he's like, I feel like he's just forgotten, like, because the Bulls team sucks. But you look at what he's doing, like, no one can really, like, no rookies really do or even get off to starts like like Markkinen's had on a team where there's just like there's nothing. So okay. like I, I'm happy I'm happy for him I'm, and I'm happy the Bulls fans have a little bit of hope. But God, that organization sucks. I'm Isn't his last name Bird? Up. Yeah, it's it's, oh, it's, it's Lori Bird, Bird for whatever. Yeah, Lo- well, Lori, Lori Bird. Bird. That's what I've heard. I think I think it's actually Lowry, um, which which then makes me think of Mike Lowry, which makes me think of Bad Boys. So if we just started calling him <laughs> Bad Boys, I would be very happy about that. <laughs> which. Which leads me into a new point that I thought of. We need to come to a consensus on his nickname because I've seen like four and they are awesome. The finisher, like yeah, finish. Like oh, man. Uh, the marksman with the double K. Oh, mm. man. Also a good one. Uh, that, could like... get, that could get problematic, though. Yeah. You're one K away from being real problematic. Mm. <laughs> or president. I don't know. Or president. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point, yeah. Yeah, I think I think we'll roll with the finisher for the time being. I think yeah, that's probably that. safe. Yeah, it's it's safe. Um, I'm so excited, man! I got Nick's Bulls uh, ticket for December 9th. Oh, good and, for you. Uh, yeah, I that's a fun thing too. Of like, you know, Markkinen's gonna go after Chris. Like, he'll probably try to like, you know, match up against Chris Stapps yeah. and, and show that play with him. And Chris Stapps is gonna try to punk him because that's what you do now to rookies coming. Like, that should be a fun matchup. Yeah, that's uh, that's what I'm really most excited to watch. Just like uh, the comparisons between the two of them at the draft were like obvious, but also unending. So yeah. I'm really excited and, to see how they go against each other. And like, it'll be super fun to watch, like you know, Chris Dunn versus Jarrett Jack. That's another <laughs> exciting matchup. Yeah, yeah. that's why you pay the, the big bucks. Right? Yeah, be on the marquee outside. Mm. Can't the wait. Justin Holiday revenge game. Oh my God! He has the greenest of lights in Chicago right now. Yeah, who else is gonna shoot? <laughs> There's no one else on the team. I don't know, but God damn it! Yeah. Can't just, you can't have that many shots a game. Every time I turn, I look at the Bulls games. This dude's just jacking them up, and I liked him last year. Don't get me wrong. We loved I, him re- last year. I really, 
I really enjoyed him in his role last year, but holy shit. Yeah, and then yeah, you see, I mean, you're that, like, why did he leave? And then you see, and it's like, that makes sense, because he's going to yeah, put now, up 20 a game. Now that Portis is back, just wait till you see what he shoots. Like, he's going to be jacking up shots every time. Yeah, he's just shooting the fair one with uh, Miritich, if you know what I mean. Exactly. <laughs> that was a knockout joke there, Kyle. <laughs> Jesus. You don't say anything all pod. And then yeah, well, you come in he has with to that. Sa- he has, yeah, he has to save him up. <laughs> I got to sprinkle him in while I can. Fair enough. Um, well, while we're on nicknames real quick, we need to jump back into Frank real quick and settle that. Yeah, I've been asking everybody this, Zach. Um, there's like four for Frankie right now. Everybody has a different take. There's the French Prince. Mm-hmm. Frankie Smokes. Frankie Nicotine. And uh, it was brought to my attention, and it was a gross... Oversight on my part on previous pods. Um, Nilmatic. Mm. So, okay. where, Heavy hitters. Yeah, where do you fall? Because I have taken a liking to Frankie Nicotine. I understand that uh, there's some negative connotations that come but with he's that. He's addictive, man. Sure. I do, I do like. I do like. I do like Frankie Smokes. Or Frank that Smokes? Kind of Frank Smokes off. or Frankie Smokes? I, I, li- I like Smokes. adding Frankie. Yeah, I like adding yeah. Frankie. Yeah, I like that. Time. If he becomes like a lockdown defender, this kind of harkens back to um, to his Euro days. But like, if you call him like the Strasbourg Strangler, like that could be good. Ooh. But he'd have to become a lockdown defender. Well, I just some little whichever. To. Yeah, or I if just... he's horrible in the clutch, he's strangling himself. Then maybe. Ooh. You know, like that you probably don't want nicknames based off that. You probably Double want positive sword. nicknames. Yeah. What, what I'm hoping fans, for, we need to have a couple in there. What I'm hoping for is we get to the point where Frank's good enough that when people start looking at his basketball reference page, they look at all these dumbass nicknames we thought <laughs> of at this time of year. Because, oh, what if you call if you is if it's if it's Frankie Nicotine? What if you just called him the Patch? The Patch, Whoa. like the Nicotine Patch. Yes. Okay. You heard I see where first. you're going with that one. Yeah, maybe we can play off and, that. Maybe and, Frank Nicotine's the best because you can play off that a lot. And you can, yeah, because you can call him the patch because he's sticking to guys. Oh, now, now you're bringing it together. Also, he's he's bad for your health. Yeah. <laughs> see, <laughs> we're, we're building. This is good. This is a brainstorm. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. All right. Well, now that that's settled. Um. All right, where are we going to next? We've got. Do, can we draw any more parallels to uh to Nick's Wolves while we're at it? Any more uh oh, clear? Uh, I mean, both of them are really poorly run organizations over the last <laughs> over the last I, like I, I, years. I don't think much uh, enough was made of Kevin Love and David Lee both being white power forwards at a time. For mismanaged organizations and also wearing the number forty-two. Yeah, I mean that's. Uh, just wanted to break that down right now. I just wanted to kick see, in the it, door on that. It, it does seem a, a little racist to say they, you know, all white power forwards wearing number forty-two look the same, but you throw in the organization comparisons and it, it they do kind of look the same. They both have bad hair too. I never liked either's hair. Are you trying to tell me that David Lee or Kevin Love is just David Lee who can shoot threes? I think I think a, like some Bay Area sports radio guy once tweeted that out, and uh, I don't think it ended well for his mentions. Is it Radio Ethan? 
It wasn't Radio <laughs> Ethan. Oh, David Lee hated Radio Ethan. Well, hated Ethan in general, so maybe. Fair, very fair. That's fair. Are, um, you, uh, are, are you more apt to, like, shaved head Kevin Love, or do you like the, uh, the curls? I, I kind of miss um, shaved head Kevin Love because... Uh, that was also like childbearing hips, Kevin Love, and thirty thirty, <laughs> Kevin Love, and like he got better. Like he's a better player since he lost the weight. But he was—I don't know—he was just more lovable back then. He would say anything. Lovable. Like he didn't have a filter. So, oh, there you go. Um, so he would—he would say anything to the media. He wouldn't—you know—he hadn't been burned by certain national guys uh, in articles. Um, at that point, and so and so he was just a great personality, and then. He lost the weight. He started be doing doing like Banana Republic shit. Uh, he stopped talking to the media or being fun with the media, and now it's just like he's just waiting. He's just waiting for someone to pass him the ball in Cleveland. He's on the glow up tour. Yeah, I was gonna say as bad as his hair is, I think he made it up with the facial hair after he lost two hundred pounds. Right. Yeah. No. You like the beard looks better on fewer chins. That's life advice right there. Right. Sure is. <laughs> Glow up advice. All right. Um, so yeah, yeah, Trey, if you if you want to lead here on this uh very very special point that we saved especially for Zach on, on this pod. I have no idea what you guys are talking about. It it starts you with know. Uh, oh oh, Zach, how's it going? I'm great. Good. <laughs> Thanks for checking in. <laughs> so See you later. I believe they're talking about Michael Beasley, and mm. I believe you've got a couple stories about him. And you said it at the the uh, TBF live show. Um, you were at his estate sale. Yeah, when he left Minnesota. So he was uh, was it a sign and trade? Might have been. A, I don't know. I don't think it was a sign and trade. I think he just flat out signed with Phoenix. Um, and so he, so he had this play. He had this house in the in the suburbs, and they had like a two day estate sale. And so I went. I didn't know about it the first day. I went to the second day. So I don't know what I missed out on the first day, mm-hmm. but um, but when I went, you know, it's big house. It's a bunch of like ran. There's there were like there had been like twenty twenty five like um like big ticket item handbags for women there. Like just a lot of Louis Vuitton and. Uh, Dolce Gabbana and all that stuff. So like he had, he was selling someone else's stuff, and then at the same time he had this framed Yale poster. <laughs> for and and the great thing about going the second day is everything was half off. Nice. So this thirty dollar Yale poster was only fifteen dollars, and and I just I was I was so fascinated by it because I don't I don't know that he knows where Yale is. <laughs> <laughs> and so and, and and when I picked it up like I picked it up I was like I saw it I was like oh well I have to buy this like that's that's not even a question I'm gonna carry this around with me the rest of the time and uh and the the people working there were like oh you're gonna get the Yale poster I was like yeah and they're like oh that's a good choice and so then I thought they were fucking with me. <laughs> like someone just brought it there uh because they because everyone was excited that I was getting it so I don't know like maybe the national or like the declaration of independence or something is on the back and I just haven't looked back there yet maybe this is a Nick Cage movie in some way so I bought that uh my friend bought this wooden duck that had a hidden compartment that I don't know what it was used for but I can kind of guess what it was used for and and we named it Michael 
uh, Michael Beakley. <laughs> Thank oh you. My, God. The, <laughs> my, big, my biggest regret there was there were two bottles of blue raspberry margarita mix, which sounds disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> I should like, and they were like a dollar each. I didn't buy them, and I regret it because I should like. What a great way to like have a party, and people are like, oh, where'd you get this? Blue raspberry margarita mix. Oh, a funny story. I was at Michael Beasley's estate sale and I bought it off the counter there. Um, that would have been a great, you know. I, so that's a regret of mine. And then there were there were three different rooms upstairs that were uh, like police taped off, and not because there were crimes in there, but just like you weren't allowed to go in there. But every single room had like severe wine stains on the carpet. Jesus. Like severe, like to the point where. You knew it wasn't blood, but if you just glanced at it, it kind of looked like a murder scene. Um, it was one of the best days of my life. And I and I have had the Yale poster with me everywhere I've gone since. I'm currently staring at it. Oh, uh, it's yeah, hanging up yes. in the living room. Um, and, and I still have the price the price tag on it. I still have the sticker on there. Because I just want it to be in mint condition at all times. Two things. You, that poster is definitely cursed. Yeah. And that definitely was a murder scene. It might have been. It might have been. And he, you know, he was nowhere to be found. Did you buy it in the frame? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it came framed. It's this, it's it's a red border frame, um, and it's just like the it just says Yale on it, and it's got like I'm assuming an iconic building, like drawn from the Yale campus. I don't really know. I'm sure well, Beasley knows all about that building. Well, <laughs> so I think like when he comes to town, I think I'm gonna take a picture of it and and bring it into the locker room. Just be like, hey. Is this really your poster? <laughs> follow. I do. I do have to know. Follow up question: Have you removed said Yale photo from the frame to check for rolling papers that may be hidden behind it? No. Uh, there's a good chance they're back there. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to ruin the integrity of this. Okay, I respect uh, it. But at the same time, I kind of got to know. Michael Beasley <laughs> signed a three-year, eighteen million dollar deal with Phoenix. And he's selling blue raspberry margarita mix for a dollar. Well, to be fair, it was two dollars on the first day. Ah, yeah. Oh, big money. Did, did he ID? Did he ID for those? Were they unsold? I've got margarita. Margarita mix has no alcohol. You get you can be a four year old and buy that. <sighs> Although, if you're a four year old buying that, you're probably going to get some looks. Yeah, it's just Possibly. sugar. Maybe. I mean, what's what's different between that and Kool Aid? Do, do we even know if the bottles were guaranteed to be sealed shut? Do we know what Michael Beasley put in those bottles? Yeah, do we want could that's a that's a great question. Not could have been mix. Because open. Because he had a Yale poster in his house, so I would bet my entire house and my dog that those bottles were open before. So Yeah. Michael Beasley possible. margarita guy? Are we breaking that one here? And mm -hmm. wine apparently. Yep, yep, you heard it here first. I could see then, Be I could see Beasley as a red wine drinker. I definitely could. Blue raspberry margarita mix kind of throws me off a little bit. If anything, I think he would like try to class it up and be go a little classic with it. But Beasley of a different era. Yeah, I mean, this is young Beasley. You know, mm -hmm. he uh, another time was in, I was in the locker room in Minnesota, and the I I don't know if the iPad had just come out, but the iPad was like a thing um, early on in its existence, and I was trying to figure out like if it was worth buying one and he had one in his locker. So I asked him, I said, Hey, do, you know, you have an iPad. Like, do you like it? You know, do you, you know, how do you, how do you like, how functional is it? You know, can, can you replace a 
a laptop and just use that? Like, you know, what, you know, what do you do on it? He said, I play Angry Birds. <laughs> I said, okay, uh, what, like, what else? He's like, no, I just play Angry Birds on it. So he bought an iPad just to play Angry Birds, which I get it. He's got, you know, big hands, like probably trying to play mm. that on a phone isn't fun. Um, but yeah, he had, so at least, you know, this is like 2011. Uh, he had an iPad just for Angry Birds. Yeah, it was a real nostalgic sentence there. <laughs> right. You got Angry Birds, you got iPad 1, you got can this replace a laptop. It's some good stuff. Because, well, I'm glad we, we got to the, the good Michael Beasley stuff because yeah. he's been, I mean, this doesn't even need to be a main talking point for this podcast, but holy shit, has he been bad. Like, like I was, I didn't, my, my main thing this year was I was like, oh, this would be a fun year. KP will ball out a little bit. Maybe Frank doesn't suck. And then you throw in Michael Beasley for, you know, comedic relief. And at first I thought it would be funny. And then I was watching like last night's game against the Magic. And I was like live snapping it. I had to do Periscope afterwards. And I was beside myself with whatever Michael Beasley was trying to do. Because, Zach, I know you're a big guy for uh, getting buckets. And he wasn't even getting the shot off to get said buckets. And it was brutal. It's uh, it's very disheartening. I, I really thought coming in that the Knicks were just going to be horrendous. And that was going to lead to a lot of just fun Michael Beasley moments on the court. And I guess there's still time for, oh, there's you know, still time. Yeah, there's still time for them to regress <laughs> and everything. But I don't feel like he's going to get those opportunities. If anything... You know, maybe this is unfair, but I I feel like at this point Jeff Hornacek has to be um, has to be fired and just bring in someone who will let Michael Beasley play. I don't care if it's for the good of the organization. I'm not saying he has to take shots away from Chris Stapps. Chris Stapps isn't going to shoot it every time every time down the floor. So let Michael Beasley shoot all the other times. I know a guy who runs this triangle offense. He might huh. he might be good to get uh, Beasley in there. Is that Kurt I, Rambis? Kurt Rambis <laughs> has history with Mike. That is true. That's true. They go, they go way back. Yeah. Kurt um, Rambis runs a different offense, I believe, and it mostly revolves around um, liking certain tweets. I think that's his course of oh, action. Oh, yeah, I forgot but, about that. that was good for one. him for having a hobby. Yeah. Fair. Fair. You know? yeah. he and he's one. laying it all out there. He could have done it on his own private computer and his own right. browser, but he just left it all out there in the public streets of Twitter. Got to hand it to him. If Rambus focused on the Knicks defense as much as he focuses on tweets like that, we we'd be a top five team. He's definitely got a burner account now. Him and KD. We are Sultan. I assume his burner account is just at network. Oh no. <laughs> I think that's what it is, right? Hmm. <laughs> I just assume if everyone's burner account is network, because it's it's too good to not be a burner account. I thought he was a Corgi for the longest time. He yeah, still might be, I don't know. I was very disappointed when I saw him on the, uh, what was the Thrones show? Oh, Watch the Thrones? Watch the Thrones. When I, yeah. when, I was, when I saw he was a real person, I was like, well, I guess that's time to stop following him. He's a bot. Well, I mean, now, here, I have a theory. Is that I have, met, I have met Jason uh, and hung out with him without the dog. But I have also met mm-hmm. him with the Corgi around. I'm not, like, I'm not certain... That the corgi isn't using the, the account. Holy shit! Like, what if Jason is just like, or quote unquote Jason is just like the corgi's assistant, and the corgi mm-hmm. does actually do all this stuff. Like, Plot how do tickets. we know who's who? Yeah, you don't. 
No, it, this, no it's like that. The most uh, terrifying thing. It's like that scene in Men in Black when they get into the alien's head. He says the galaxy is on Orion's belt. Yeah, that's basically how network works. Might be. Yep. This should be a this should be a movie, and Nick Cage can play both Jason and the voice of the dog. Yeah. I'm, I'm here in for on it. that. I I'm already in line for tickets. Excellent. So, um, if you had to choose one Nick Cage movie to be your, I, I actually that's probably too difficult a question for you. I realize if you had to make a top three for Nick Cage movies, what would they be? Um, that I actually enjoy, or that I enjoy the chaos of it all. Chaos. We root for chaos here, Zach. Okay. Um, oh, yeah. Well, Face Off is, I think, my favorite one, legitimately. Um, because I, I just, I think it's, I think he was brilliant in it. I really do. <laughs> like he played someone playing him. And I think that that is a level of acting that I just <laughs> think is underappreciated. And he's really fucking good in that movie as that character. So face off is on the list for sure. Next, which is on Netflix. Um, this is a chaos pick. But next is a horrible movie that even like as bad as, as it is, you're w- going through it and you're watching it and you're like, okay, you know, this isn't good, but I can at least get behind what's happening in some way. I can follow the story. And then I think it's like, I think it's like a hundred minutes long and 90 minutes into the hundred minutes, there is a twist that makes you wish you didn't live. Like just makes oh. you wish like your parents never met. Like that you have you you realize that everything about your life is meaningless and horrendous and that nothing matters anymore because this twist is so offensive to the audience. And oh so it's such a bad twist. And so I do this a lot of like people tweet me, hey, I'm starting next. And I just say, see you in 90 minutes. And then 90 minutes, it's some variation of like, go fuck yourself. I would do this <laughs> every, oh, time. So- <laughs> every time. So that's the movie people keep tweeting you about that's watching? It's on okay. Netflix, and uh, my hope is that people will keep watching it, keep discovering it, and there will be such an uptick in streaming this movie on on Netflix that they're going to make a second one. You've got so that's my that's my hope. You've got my support. Um, so we've got Face Off, we've got Next. Everyone's going to say like go with you know Con Air or Raising Arizona or any of these movies. I'm going Snake Eyes. Snake Eyes is a criminally underappreciated movie. Uh, that has some weird directing choices that work, but Nick Cage plays maybe the most Nick Cage character possible in that movie. He's like this, he's like a detective slash fight promoter, um, and a conspiracy happens, and like a senator gets shot or something like that, and he has to like solve it, and it's in Atlantic City, and there's a storm, and everyone's locked into this casino. It's it's real. It's a it's a weird. It's a weird movie, but I actually think like he does a great job, and it's a it's a fun action thriller. So those are my three. No national treasure. No national treasure. National treasure is fantastic. I mean, I you know, if you said I had to put that in there, I would put that in there. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I'm definitely going to be watching uh, next. Probably, probably not tonight, but this weekend. Probably tomorrow. I don't have much going on, so be on the lookout, Zach. Uh, be angry. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's gonna be a great experience for I everyone. I have time else. to be angry tomorrow. I'm fine with sure. that. All right, so um, last couple things we'll get to here. Uh, Zach, you recently 
um, I mean, you guys were doing the Basketball Friends, and I think we're all pretty avid listeners of that. And, yep. You know, we we love everything you guys put out. And um, but recently, you guys started, you know, Leverage the Chat, and you have your own show there. And um, just wanted you to, you know, talk about that, and, and you know, the I guess the move to Leverage it wasn't really a move, but the the startup of Leverage the Chat, and um, you know, we see a lot of guys just, you know, Waz has his own show now, and yeah. uh, Black Opinion Matters Monday, so. A lot of things in the works there. We're excited for you guys, and I know you guys must be thrilled. So we just wanted to, you know, just kind of hear more about that process and how that's going. Uh, it's one thanks for the support because it it does like it's the reason we can we can kind of do these these ventures is people listening and and supporting it, and um, it's just cool to know that like people will will rock with us in that way. Um, I had a lot of frustrations. I'll just say it previous employers in terms of like podcasting. Uh, because I had a podcast and it was it was pretty successful, but it wasn't supported in any way. Um, Jade went through similar stuff at, at ESPN where it just wasn't supported in a proper way. And it was even taken away at, at one time and then it was going to be taken away again, essentially. Yep. And uh, and and this guy, Brian, who um, who owns Spotlight Media Ventures, who uh, he's he's a big fan of ours and he was a avid listener. And um, for the first time, True Hoop podcast went away. Uh, you know, Brian, Brian called Jade and he called me and he was like, Hey, you know, I'd like to see if you guys want to, you know, go independent with this. And, um, and after a lot of, you know, thinking about it and talking about it and how we want to do it, um, we took the opportunity and, you know, that's, it's frustrating when you have a vision for something and you're not allowed to do it because other people just don't care because it's, because it's a drop in the bucket for them. And, and they're, and they, they don't, they don't take the time to understand what's going on. So when you can kind of, we can kind of go away from that and do it on your own and and get so get the proper support for it and do it with your friends, like it's just a cool feeling. And so like like it's crazy, it's chaotic right now, and it's uh, it can be a little overwhelming at times because you know we're we're trying to do a lot at once. Um, but man, it's fucking fun. Like it, it's just fun to work with these guys. Yeah, I mean, it's just as much as you know we support you guys with uh, you know listening in like. Just the amount of stuff that Leverage Chat is pumping out, and it's just the way that it's set up, and you know, even with the basketball friends having an episode like damn near every day, like it's just it's so cool knowing that like I can be expecting like really great podcasts like every day. It's no one else is doing that, and that's that's outstanding. Thank you. I and it's uh, it it's weird. It, you wouldn't think like oh, it's a lot of work because you're just talking to your friends for like an hour and a half every day. But it does end up being, you know, kind of a lot of work, and we've tried to make it to where, like, my podcast is different than TBF, and and Waz's podcast is, you know, probably on an NSA list somewhere. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and BOM, like BOM, I think is the best thing we do, and the fact that we were able to get Amin uh, El Hassan to to be involved in it and and not have to, you know, leave his TV stuff at ESPN, like, there, you know, there's some concessions we had to make in terms of like what he can talk about. But they can still shape the show how they want to do it, pretty much. And he's involved, and it, it's—I mean, to me, it's the best podcast out there. Like BOM is just a f- fun mm-hmm. experience every every That's Monday. Awesome. Yeah. No, I just uh, my take on a lot of podcasts is um, there's many good podcasts, and as many good podcasts as there are, there's a uh, many podcasts that are very cookie cutter. In my opinion, there's a lot of guys, especially basketball, and there's a lot of good content, but there's also a lot of guys who, 
you know, talk about the same general stuff, the same general stats in the same yeah. general kind of way. And um, not that you guys like, I, you know, I know yours is a little bit more basketball centric, but it's just such a wide ranging network that you guys have now. And it's just very, it's very inviting. It's very casual. And I think that's what appeals to guys like me. And I know especially, uh, you know, Trey's been an avid supporter and it's just, it's just that's what you're sort of drawn to is you just want to listen to like fun, good, organic, flowing conversation. You don't want to just, you know, listen to the same hammered talking yeah. points all the time. And I think that's what brings people back is because you guys have what now four of those shows. And it's just yeah, me people want to be a part of that when it's fun. People want to be a part of it. It's just so. It, 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 it is a lot of fun. I mean, it's uh, yeah, that was that was the thing, too. Like, you know, when I had my podcast before, there were like you know, pushes to change it of like, Hey, we need it more structured. We needed like, you know, the first eight minutes, let's talk about last night's games. And then the next four minutes after that, we'll talk about any injuries going on or any news and all this. Stuff. And I'm like, to me, I was always like, that's not how you talk about basketball with your friends. Like, I'm not going to come in and say like, all right guys, next four minutes, let's talk injuries. Like no one talks <laughs> yeah. like that. Like that's a weird thing to, that's a weird way to structure it. Like it, you know, you can kind of lose sight of what you're talking about at times and go on tangents and it's fine because that's just how people talk. It's just so weird being like, oh, I just finished up Waz's podcast. Like, let me listen to Harper's now, or maybe I'll do Sorted History, or I'll do, uh, or you know, I'll, I'll do Nice Kicks or something like that. Like having options and like you know, just throwing on something and then having it all tied into basketball friends. Like it's just cool. Yeah, and that's Jade, man. Like Jade is. Oh, he's the man. It's it's his vision. He's like that dude cares more than more than anyone's ever cared about anything. Like he he legitimately like if one fan says like you know hey that's you know you're not on this podcast platform that like maybe nine people use so hey we got to get on that we got to get on that for this guy uh so he can listen on this podcast platform that he likes and sometimes it's like what, what are you doing like like just <laughs> nine other podcast platforms we're on like they can find one but he that's how much he cares about fans of like every single fan he's just like we need to we need to do what we do but we need to cater to them at the same time and and get everyone involved yeah, it's always it's. I mean, we love having the whole crew on. We're glad that we finally got to have you on, Zach. Thank um, you. It, yeah, we've had Trey on, we've had Waz on, had God getting. Black, yeah, yeah, hopefully getting Trey everybody. Too. Yeah, we had Black Trey. I wasn't sure which uh, Trey you were talking about, oh. so I think we got to <laughs> specify. Trey Zingas and, and Black Trey. That's that's. Yeah, right. we have our we have our own Trey, so we got to we got to tighten that up a little bit. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't know. Do you guys got anything else? How was the show last night? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man, it was fun. Uh, it was, uh, so we, so, uh, it's the second edition of Run It Back where I just, um, watch old game shows with people on stage and we make fun of it for the audience and we try to have it like an interactive experience. It's a lot like, it's like if, it's like a m way more disorganized version of Mystery Science Theater 3000, but just with old game shows. So the yeah. first time we did it, uh, we did it with Supermarket Sweep, which is my favorite game show of all time, and it went really well. But there, it went really well. But there was a lot of stuff I wanted to change in terms of like the format and how we executed and everything. Um, and so I got a, we got a chance to do it this time. We did Double Dare, and uh, the this Double Dare episode was like, it was real problematic because it's like a lot of. Like it's it's four really stupid kids participating. <laughs> so like at a certain point, you're just making fun of dumb kids, which you know <laughs> some people can be sensitive about. And then like there's this weird, they're just these weird sexual innu innuendos said probably innocently, 
but it's so overt that we couldn't help but talk about it. So then, like, it's just, it was a weird discussion last night and a lot of weird jokes happening, but the crowd was great. Uh, had a mean up there and he was fantastic. Had a comedian friend of mine, Mike Malloy, um, who was great. And, uh, and yeah, man, we, we got to clean up a lot from the first one and, and kind of get it better, you know, a better streamlined process. And it, and it was a really fun hour to, to have. Is it the fake Mike Malloy or the real Mike Malloy? Fake Mike Malloy. The real Mike Ooh. Malloy. You can't, no one can handle him. You can only can't. handle the fake Mike Malloy. <laughs> can't lock him down. Can't get him on. Would, would, uh, would run it back ever consider being on the road? Like, uh, oh, yeah, I know when, I, I know when the basketball friends is coming to hopefully Chicago where I am, uh, very soon. Uh, I, I think it, there might be some time for an opening act in there. I, th- uh, that's definitely going to happen. So that's our plan is we're, we're going to do, um, we're going to do a bunch of different cities within the next like eight months or so. Um, and, and I think instead of just having the one show, we may even do multiple nights because otherwise you're there for like eight hours with us and no, no one wants to spend eight hours with us. Uh, but we may do, we may do multiple nights, you know, either the same venue or different venues and like have a Trey versus, which is, which is black Trey's show. Um, with like a nostalgic look at playing video video games and everything where Trey gets to lose to various people that he thinks he can beat in like NBA live 95. Um, you were smoking no big, him, right? Yeah. Yeah. No big deal. He's just, <laughs> all he does is go up 20 on me and then lose the game every time. Oh, that's uh, deflating. So he's yeah, the real deflating. He, he's gotten real frustrated with it, but so we're so- going to do Trey versus we're going to do run it back. We'll do um, basketball friends. And then, uh, may even have a couple other shows to uh, to debut at some point. Ooh, little tease. Ooh. Ooh. Very um, professional. Yeah, I know that. Where did uh, you call? We'll go to Chicago. Uh, yes. I think we're. I I can't say an actual date, but I think we've targeted uh, maybe around May. Okay, right on. Right I don't on. know if I'm allowed to say that. But whatever. So That's okay. What are I going to do? Fire me? <laughs> <laughs> I will definitely not fire you, Zach. You have my word. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anything else, guys? You have a quick question, Zach. When was the last yeah. time you listened to Return of the Mac? Just, just wondering. Uh, whenever the stupid ass Burger King commercial comes on, uh, that's probably the last time I listened to it. Ooh, it's that... fine. It's a fine song. It's just not better than the Ignition <laughs> remix. It's not. And even with like the very problematic existence of R. Kelly, it's still not a better song. That's my that's my piece with it. All right. It is pretty good when Tom Haverstrow sings it. I'll say Oops, that. See, he's softening his stance already. We're right there. It's very so pro thinking, Tom Haverstrow. Knocking on the door. There. We should have Tom sing that and then the Ignition remix, and then we oh. can recast this yeah. uh, little debate here. Oh, I like that. Yeah. All right. Cool. Cool. All right. Well, now that that's settled, um, Kyle, you want to do your thing? All right. Um, if you want to be like Zach and support the TKW merch store, you can go get our walking bucket goat of New York uh, Michael Beasley shirt because he is for now until he gets waived or cut inevitably in three <laughs> or four weeks. Um, so you can do that. Uh, but seriously, check out all of uh, our, our merch guy, Bailey Carl- Carlin's work. He's been doing a great job. Yeah, it's so, really good stuff. Really good yeah. Stuff. And uh, Bailey did, before I forget, that's why I brought this up now that I remember. He did want to, he couldn't make the pod tonight, but he did want to say, you know, thank you. Um, you know, for helping get the word out on not just TKW stuff, but for his own stuff. Um, you know, he really, really appreciated that. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, make sure you do that. Uh, that would be an enjoyable thing for 
both of us, you know, all of us. Um, make sure you follow uh, Zach on Twitter, uh, Talk Hoops. Make sure, because that's what he does. Make sure you uh, follow me on Twitter, Maggio MBA. Uh, follow Trey if you want to punch him in the throat at Trey Zingas. Hey. Uh, hey. So <laughs> make sure you follow uh, Anthony at Wish I Was Corbo. And of course, make sure you follow. The Knicks wall on Twitter for uh, we're across all platforms now, not just Twitter. We have Snapchat. I periscope after the games, unfortunately, for all of you. Um, so, yeah, just get on that. A lot of good stuff coming out real quick. Zach, uh, what did you do for people who uh, were rating and reviewing talking talk hoops? What did I do? Yeah. Did you guys do any please. kind of giveaway or or was it oh, yeah, basketball did, friends? Yeah, yeah, uh, no, for uh, for. Uh, for my show, if you rate and review five stars, uh, I'm sending out a, a few copies of uh, book and ba- or book or <laughs> basketball and other things by Shea Serrano. I got a I got a few copies to send. Yeah, the reason I just uh, fucked all that up for everybody is because I don't have a mic stand, and my mic stand and Anthony can attest to this is currently the book of basketball. So sorry for that. I, it's I, a great I book. I told him to set it up. <laughs> it, it is. It's a good book, but yeah. it's uh, probably a better book than a mic stand. So yeah. basically, what I'm saying is that we we're not gonna we're not gonna give you a book, but while you're there reviewing Zach's show, do us a favor and give us a review, give us a yeah. five star rating because we'd really appreciate it too. And do that thing for for what, what was it like Pod Save America did it. Do it for for the Leverage of Chat shows and do it for this show. Uh, where you steal a friend's phone or you like yes. hack into their computer and you subscribe on their computer or on their iPhone feed or whatever. Yes. Ah, I like it. Yep. I'm gonna game the everybody. system that way. And yeah. I think that's it for tonight, right? Yep. So again, uh, thank, thank you to Zach for joining us. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, you know, thanks obviously to my co-host Ray and Anthony. And uh, yeah, I'll see you guys next time. Night, y'all. All right, guys, take it easy. Thanks, guys. See ya.